Morning, everybody. Morning. Morning. Welcome to Gospel Saving Church. I'm Pastor Ed Spagnoli. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Gathered together and united under one name. We wouldn't be here unless it was all for one name. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus Christ. The only begotten Son of God. Alright, so um, let's pray. Open up our message and prepare our hearts. And then we'll get into our word and hear what the Lord has to say to us today. So dear Jesus, the name above all names. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Lord, we're doing that now, Lord. We're not waiting until the end. Lord, we're not waiting until we face you. Because Lord, there's a really neat song that and they say in one of their lyrics, Lord... Seek Him now and you'll know Him as Savior. And seek Him later, you'll know Him as Judge. And Lord, we want to know You as Savior. We don't want to know You as Judge. We want to know You as the precious Savior that You are. So we thank You for giving us this opportunity to gather together this day. And thank You for giving us Your Word. Lord, Your awesome, Holy Inspired, or Holy Spirit-inspired Word, Lord God. The Bible. B-I-B-L-E, Lord. Thank You so much. Prepare me to give the message, Lord, today, and prepare the hearts of the listeners, wherever they may be. I pray your Holy Spirit and your power would touch us all today, and Lord, you'd show up, and you'd keep distractions out, Lord God. Keep distractions out, Lord, as we focus on you, Lord. That's the, you're the only reason we're here. Well, we, we talk all we can talk all the time, or whatever, Lord, but we're gathered here this morning for you. Please be in this place. We already sung some praise songs to you, Lord, so I just, I know that you inhabit the, the praises of your name, Lord. So we already know you're here with us, Lord. Wherever two or three or more are gathered in your name, you're here. May you be glorified and speak to us all, Lord, exactly what we need today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're still in Matthew chapter 6. You guys want to... Read or listen or look, or if you just want to listen along, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be in verses 25 through 34 this morning. Under the title in my New King James Version Bible, Do Not Worry. So the title of today's message is titled, Why Worry? Just two words. Why worry? I looked at this message when I first started preparing for it, and that was the title that just struck me right off the bat. Why worry? So we're going to read it, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, and then we're going to start teaching on it. Jesus says, verse 25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. 
And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, right off the bat, we have to get a little analytical. little, really, really in-depth before we start really getting into the second word and all the verses that we're going to go into. We have to get a little analytical on the word, therefore. We have a new godly topic here. The topic is worry. But it rolls and flows right off of the back of the last verse that we read. God says you cannot serve two masters. You'll love the one and you'll hate the other. You can't serve God and mammon. But what do I mean by that? Remember, we talked about the Bible verses, uh, Bible's message as a whole saying we cannot serve God and anything. Not just God and mammon, because mammon was riches and wealth, or, you know, and making them, personifying them as someone or something in your life. So, but the real Bible's message, you can't really serve anyone or anything other than God without worrying about making it your master and serving it. Because anything we try to serve will become a master. And we will hate the one and love the other. And remember, God says he's a jealous God. He wants us all to himself. He isn't willing to share us with anybody. So, well, Jesus uses the word therefore here. Verse 25, he starts out, Therefore I say to you. You may look at therefore and think, well, so what? What about therefore? You may not know, as I didn't know, but the Holy Spirit was teaching me as I was getting ready to teach you guys. The word therefore is an adverb, and it's also a sentence connector, according to freedictionary.com. I'm imagining all dictionaries, I just, it's one I looked at. A good example of how this word is used is, it is late, therefore we must get the kids to bed. It's like a matter-of-fact word. So here in verse 24 we have, Jesus talked about not serving two masters, mammon, and so on and so forth. And therefore I say to you, do not worry. So really, 24 and 25, since you have the word therefore in there, you connect, you can connect those two sentences together. You can connect those two ideas together. What is Jesus saying to us then between verses 24 and 25? A person cannot serve God and mammon, or else he'll love the one and hate the other. Therefore, do not go and start to worry about, put your own things that you worry about on an everyday basis right there. Don't go and do that, because if you do, it will lead you to try to serve God and worry that other master, and for sure you will love the one and hate the other. And that's what it means, therefore. Puts the two ideas together, puts the two sentences together. Breaking it down a little bit deeper. The new thoughts worry. But it comes together, flows from the last thought, because if you worry, what are you doing? 
If you worry, what do you do? Number one, you don't when you worry. You're not trusting in God at all. And when you're not trusting in God, worry leads you to be controlled and control. And we, we can get, by our worry, controlled and consumed trying to fix whatever it is we're worrying about. I do it all the time myself. Weekly, I start off the week thinking I'm in big trouble. How am I going to do this message that I got coming up? Because I don't even know how where it even begins. So I start to initially worry right away. What am I going to teach? Oh, no. Well, then it leads me to think of nothing else other than what I'm going to do instead of doing what? Trust God, not worry about what I'm going to do. Remember, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters without loving and hating, loving one and hating the other. A master controls you. Simply put, worry controls those that worry. You will make worry a master. That's the first point. Number two, worry of things we need or want will many times drive us to go out with a drive and go work more, sell more things, obsess over more things before we're doing what? We're going out and we're all we can do to get that mammon in order to take care of that thing that we're worrying about or that we want, that we're worrying about that we can't have. And then what are we doing? Serving mammon instead of who? Instead of God. That's worry. Worry causes us to be consumed with our problems, our needs, or our wants. And focus on those things instead of focusing on who should we be focusing on? Jesus. That's worry. And you know what? It's really awesome because although I know quite a bit about the Word, all the, quite a bit about the Bible, I've never seen that word therefore in there. And the Lord just showed me that this time and it was like I was so blown away. So I hope you guys are too. So we, we put these two things together and see that worry can become a master. And that's why God said you can't serve two masters and he goes right into worry. So now, huge note here. Jesus gives us the examples that we have here. He says here in 25, uh, don't, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, or about your body. What you'll put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. He gives us these examples, but are these the only things that we can worry about? Things that we can eat, what will we wear, what will we drink. We, we don't worry about those things. We worry about a whole lot of things, don't we? So in verse 25, Jesus mentions what? He starts out by saying, the entire section is about three main things. Food, drink, and clothing. Those are the examples that he uses here of worry. Then he uses 26 through 31 to elaborate on why we shouldn't worry. He elaborates on 25. Let's read 25. There's two parts to 25 again. Let's read it one more time. We're going to break it down into two different sections. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Stop there. That's our first part. In the first part of 25, we see the main idea. He's telling us not to worry about these three things. Did you know the three things that he's telling us not to worry about are three of the four basic necessities of life? Two of the four, excuse me. We, we can necessarily not have to go with clothing depending on where you live. I mean, if you're living in Africa or at the equator, you can maybe get away without wearing clothing. But even in there, in, your, in their spring and their fall times when it gets colder, you got to have clothing. you got to have something to cover up. Otherwise, you got to have food and you got to have drink 
in order to sustain. The only other thing that you, people really need to survive is what? We got to have air. We got to have at least food. Got to have at least clothing. Or I'm sorry, excuse me. We got to have at least drink. And we got to have at least air to survive. If human beings don't have these three basic things, simply we would die. We couldn't live without these three basic things. So Jesus is making a very powerful statement about our basic necessities because really if you think about it, if it was okay, if it was edifying, if it was really necessary to worry about anything in all of life, we should worry about what? The basic things that keep us alive. I mean, outside of those basic things that keep us alive, I mean, we can walk. Long as you got food, drink, and air, you can live. But here, and clothing, most of the world. So here, he breaks it down into three major things that we need to live and survive. Thank you, Lord. Are people generally worried about their lives? They may not, even here in America, not necessarily worry about food, clothing, or shelter, or so on and so forth, but... We, you better believe, so you ask yourself, are you ready to give up your life today? If today came and it was the day for you to die, I mean, really think about it. I mean, we want to keep our lives. The general people in this world, they want to keep living. They want to keep living. And it's so obvious, even Satan knows that we want to keep our lives. So Satan's going through this big story. He's going through this big kind of conversation with God back in Job 2. And he's talking to God about about Job and God's talking to Satan about Job and how righteous of a man he is. And so in Job 2, the Lord says to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on all the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? And still he holds fast to his integrity, although, and what had happened here is God gave Satan the authority to go and take almost everything away from Job that he could possibly have. He left him with like just his wife and like one kid and like one servant and took all his flocks away, all his herds away because Satan was trying to get Job to curse God. So Job made it through that test. Now here come the next temptation. God said, okay, here, although you incite me against him to destroy without a cause. So Satan answers the Lord and says, skin for skin, yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. That is very true. Mankind wants to hold on to their life. They're not necessarily ready to just give it away. So, the three basic things that Jesus talked about had to do with our three basic necessities of life that he said, don't worry about them. Side note here in America, because I know there's a lot of skeptics out there that might be listening. In America, we have food banks... And we have churches, and we can panhandle, and we have uh, government programs, and so on and so forth. And so in our country, we don't necessarily have to worry so much about eating or about drinking. Our land is pretty much free. You could be homeless here. If you had nothing to drink, you could always go down to a stream or go to a local lake, and you could drink out of the lake. You could panhandle at a local 7-Eleven gas station or anything to get money and to make money and, and to buy yourself something to eat for the day. But in other countries, that is not the case. In other countries, people do starve to death. So does that make this scripture non-applicable for us here in America? 
Absolutely not. Because as I said earlier, you could just put your own worry, whatever you're worried about, your job, your finances, your car, not having enough money, whatever you have, you can just put all the things that you worry about, you find yourself worrying about it every day, right in these slots here that Jesus chooses to show us about food, clothing, and drink. So is it necessary, is it applicable for us in our day and age today? Because a lot of people think that the Bible's outdated. A lot of people think that the Bible, ah, oh, that doesn't relate to today's 21st century anymore. The Bible's old. Absolutely, it still does. Do people worry now? Absolutely. People worry more now than they probably ever have. Well, there's a lot worse off now than it's probably ever been as far as sin, as far as all things going on in the world. People worry more now than they probably ever have, or at least as much as they have. Jesus addresses the subject of worry. Americans are consumed with worry like anyone else in the world. Anyone else in the world. So what is Jesus saying to us here? Jesus is warning us not to worry about the basics. He could have given us examples of all kinds of things not to worry about, but he chose to talk about the basics of life. We'll leave it at that. In the second part of this verse, Jesus finishes with the radical statement of, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now, I don't know if you realize how radical this statement is because, just like we talked about, if we didn't have these things, we'd die. What is he talking about? If we didn't have these basic things, we'd be okay, isn't life? No, this life here it wouldn't be okay, really, if we didn't have food, if we didn't have clothing, if we didn't have shelter, if we didn't have air, if we didn't have drink. wouldn't be okay. So what is he talking about? What in the world is he talking about? Well, we'll get to that a little later, because life is more than these three basic things. So as a recap, he warns us that no one can serve God and mammon. Then he uses the word therefore, which joins the last thought and the whole new thought of worry together. And he, then he brings in the worry about the three basic necessities of life, contextually here, but biblically, we can worry about anything and everything. And we have, everybody in this room has worried about everything and everything, including myself. So remember, the Bible says we can't serve another master. It'll draw us away from God, being in danger of loving the one and hating the other. So why do we get all these warnings from Jesus? Why does he warn us so many times about so many different things? He warns us because nobody generally, and God's no different than us because he made us in his image, nobody warns anybody else unless there's a danger there. You don't go warn somebody that there's a donut waiting in the kitchen for them. You warn them that you're walking to walk, that they're going to walk across the street and there's a big semi coming and that semi could mow them down and splat them on the ground. That's what you, hey, don't cross the street, dude. There's a semi coming. Why don't you wait till it's done? You warn somebody when there's a danger there. Jesus is warning us because there's danger involved here. And why are you generally going to warn somebody you're only going to warn them because you have a general concern for their welfare. You don't warn people that you might hate or you're an enemy of. People don't generally warn enemies. You just attack. Somebody warns someone because they have a general concern for the well-being of that person. Well, your Heavenly Father loves you. He loves you so very much. And He's concerned about your well-being. He is pure love 
Nothing more and nothing less. He's absolutely pure love. So the main reason Jesus tells us not to worry because he knows the dangers about worry. What worry will do with our to us as physical human beings and what worry will do to our relationship with God. But there are other reasons that Jesus tells us not to worry and those he gives us in 26 to 31. In these next set of verses, Jesus gives us good reasons why we don't ever have to worry again. So let's read them and let's talk about them. Verses 26 through 31. He says, he goes on from his thought about worry. Don't worry. You could read it like this. Don't worry because. Don't worry because. Look at the birds of the air. So we can all look up and see all the birds of the air flying around our heads every single day. We can still do that today. He says, For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. So what he's saying is they don't go out every day and they don't store up food for themselves. All they do every day is go out and they gather the food that they need for that day and that's what they do. They don't work ahead they don't save for retirement. They don't work for their 401k plan. They just go out every day and they gather their food for every day. It reminds me back when God said, when the children of Israel were wandering through the desert for 40 years, God said, go collect the manna. God provided the manna. And he said, now go out every day and just collect enough for that one day. But don't hold any until tomorrow. Because in essence, when you look, about, when you look at it, since God said, I'll provide it for you. And then you go out and you gather. And God says, don't gather anymore for that one day. If you start to gather more for the next day, what are you doing? You're worrying that God won't have that manna there for that next day, aren't you? You're worrying. They, were, they would worry. And you know, better believe it. You read their accounts. That's what they did. They, got, they gathered enough for that day. And they gathered a little bit more too. And then you know what happened to it? It turned to worms. And it got all foul and nasty smelling and it turned to garbage and it was nasty. And God said, tell the people not to do that. Basically, tell the people to trust in me. So they don't sow nor reap and gather in the barns. Yet, he says, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Think of how many millions, hundreds of millions, billions, trillions of birds there must be in the world today. And God feeds them all. God provides food for them and drink for them. All of them. Every single solitary day. And Jesus says, don't worry because are you human being Whoever you are listening, are you not of more value than they? Wow. If that's not a reason not to worry, that God just said, I'm more valuable than the billions and trillions of birds out there that are all over the place because they're his creation too. Those birds he created just like he created you and me. In fact, he created the birds of the world before he created us. The biblical account in Genesis 1. In Genesis 2, he created the birds and all the mammals and all the trees and all the elephants and the snakes and all that before he created you, oh man. 
But yet Jesus is saying here, are you not of more value than they? Wow. That's a pretty darn good reason not to worry. When I got the creator of all the world saying, you are more valuable than my other part of my creation, that makes me feel special. That gives me comfort. Wow, Lord. And he says in verse 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? Now a cubit is a foot and a half in a Jewish measurement. A cubit is a foot and a half in a Jewish measurement. Can any of us think about it? Now he asks us a question to probe us, to make us think. Can any of us, by worrying, can you make yourself another foot and a half taller? One thing worry will make you do, it's funny that Jesus didn't say this one, worry will make you add another foot and a half to your width, because worry makes me eat. Worry can make you fat. Worry will make you fat. Because when you're worried, a lot of people, they call them stress eaters. How many people are stress eaters? I've been that way in the past, a stress eater. But he says here, which of you worrying can add one cubit to his stature? What's he saying to us? What is he saying? You can't change anything by worrying. You can't change one thing in your life by worrying. You can't make yourself grow taller. You can't make yourself run faster. You can't make yourself jump higher by worrying one moment of any moment of your life. Verse 28. So why do you worry about your clothing? And then he says, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. So the beautiful flowers, think of a beautiful field of flowers and how they grow and how beautiful, think of a whole field of, dandy, or of daisies or dandelions or, or lilies like Jesus said here. And it's, they're just acres and acres and acres of beautiful flowers. Think of how beautiful they are. And Jesus says here, and yet I say to you that even Solomon, which was the richest, most powerful man that the world will ever know to ever live on this planet from the beginning until the end of creation, Solomon is the most wealthy man that ever lived in the face of the planet. And he says that even the most wealthiest man, which you know wealth brings you to dress real nice and have a lot of nice things. And he says that even the wealthiest man in the world ever in all his glory, think of Solomon, the richest king ever, adorned in his beautiful robe and in his and with his jewelry on and with his rings and with his gold and his and his crown and all that, and even him in his all his glory was not arrayed or was not clothed like one of these flowers. Think of a flower. How long does a flower live? <laughs> flower doesn't live that long. Most flowers in this world are what they call annual. They only live for a part of one year. And yet they're more beautiful than the most beautifully dressed man that's ever lived in all of creation. And then he says in verse 30, Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven because you cut that grass of that field. You cut it down because it gets too tall. Those flowers die back and then they fall over and then people cut grass and then so that the grass is cut so you can build there or you can walk there or you can play there. You cut it down. 
So it's here today, and tomorrow it's thrown into the oven. And if he clothes them with such beauty, he says, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Are you worried about what you're wearing? Are you worried about what you have on? Jesus says, I clothe the earth, the trees, the flowers, the bushes, the plants, the grass. And I do that and today. It's just momentarily. It's just here today and gone tomorrow. Men, women, and children live longer than here today and gone tomorrow. Oh, you of little faith. He's saying, trust in me. So he says in verse 31, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? He says, he gives a command, Do not worry about these three basic things in your life. And we already saw what worry could do to our relationship with God. It'll take us away from Him. It'll separate us from God because we're worrying. And we're being consumed about why we worry. So He tells us, don't. So overall, Jesus is telling us between verses 26 and 31, in each one of these categories, he's given us an example of the care and provision that God has for all his creation. And then he gives us the real reasons why we shouldn't ever worry. He tells us our real value and worth in God's eyes. His love for us goes above and beyond his love for the rest of all of his creation. Far and wide beyond anything else that is in existence. Remember, I don't know if you remember last week, I told you that we are the apple of God's eye. We're his treasured creation above everything else that he made in all of creation. We're his treasured possession. His love is for us is beyond our comprehension. Ephesians 3.19, Paul says that the love of Christ passes knowledge. The love of Christ passes our knowledge. That's a really good reason not to worry. That's an excellent reason not to worry. Romans 8, 35-39, Paul writes, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, neither life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate any man from God's love. Even the people out there that you know that hate God, that don't want anything to do with God at all. God still loves that person. Nothing can separate even that person, even that heathen that I used to be. God still loved me even when I was a heathen. He still loved me even when I was an atheist. He still loved me when I didn't want nothing to do with Him. And if He loved me then, how much more does He love me now? 
because I decided to take up his offer. Wow, wow, wow is all I could say to how much God loves people, mankind, above everything else that he made in all creation. That is mind-blowing. Now, as amazing as God's love is, we still have one problem, that same old problem that I've been talking about for months now, the problem of us. We're still a problem. What will our response be to the amazing love and provision that God has for us? And there are two sides to every coin. Jesus, in verses 22 and 23, gives us the two sides to those coins. Let's read them. For after all these things, meaning the things that you can worry about, the things that people go after, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But, another connective word, just like therefore, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Jesus is telling us here that you can be a Gentile and spend your life seeking and worrying about all the things of this world and worrying about them and worrying about them and worrying about them and be godless because in the context of our scripture here, the word Gentile means pagan, godless. He's referring to the Old Testament Gentile, which was non-Jew, or not worshiping the one true God of all the earth. So you can seek after all those things and be on the losing side of the coin, because Jesus said that that, that path leads to destruction. And you'll serve that master if you want to do that, and you go after all those other gods, and that'll lead you away from the one true God. That's the one side. Or Jesus said that you can spend your time on earth being a seeker of your heavenly Father and His kingdom and His righteousness. And by doing this, just like relationship, you'll show Him that you are interested in Him. And what was the result of this action of seeking your heavenly Father? It's verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Which path will you seek? Which path will we go down? How will we respond to the love and the provision of God? God doesn't want us spending our time in this life, walking around, worried, being consumed with worry of all the things of the world, and worrying about everything, which, as like we just said, we can't change anything that we worry about. We can't add to our height. We won't add to the extension of our life because worry will cause you to be more sick. As you worry more, your body knows that you worry. That stress brings on illness. It does nothing good for you. And ultimately, worry puts a wedge between your relationship with God. He has a much bigger plan for mankind. He has a much bigger plan for you and me, and for everybody. He wants an intimate, personal relationship 
with each and every person that is alive on planet Earth. And He also desires you to spend an eternity with Him forever when you die. God wants you to trust Him for everything you need and worry about nothing. In fact, worry is an insult to God. In the Old Testament, one of God's names, one of them was Jehovah Jireh. And it means the Lord will provide. Or God, our provider. Also to Moses and Jesus in the New Testament, Jesus and God represented themselves as I am. What does I am mean? I am everything that you will ever need, ever. It's all in me. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. Our relationship involves love and trust on both sides. And since that's what God wants with every man and woman and child on the face of the planet, relationship has to be a two-way street. How can you walk around always worried about everything, or anything at all for that matter, and have a relationship with Christ and trust Him in all the things of your life? It doesn't work, folks. It doesn't work. If a man or a woman in a relationship, either one of them, worries about the other one being faithful to them, what does that lead to in that relationship? It leads to no trust. And when you don't have trust in a relationship, that relationship will soon dissolve. Now, if God was not faithful, if we can read the Bible and we see, well, you know, God never comes through for anybody. And in our lives, the, what we've seen of God, if we can see, well, well, God's never come through for me. Or, God, well, God's not faithful. That would be one thing. But the God that I know, the one true creator of all the universe, He is faithful, and He comes through all the time. Yes. May not be the way I want, but I'm about 38 years old, and I'm not skinny. God feeds me well. I may not have a million dollar home, but the home I have is beautiful, and I love it. Yes. And God provides it for me. And all the times maybe I've spent worrying about, oh no, how am I going to pay? How am I going to make that house payment? And here I am, still years later. My house is still here. Ain't missed a payment yet. God still provided. And if He didn't provide, we might have a basis for worry. But He's an on-time God. And He comes through on time. If you're in that second category. If you are, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Remember that word, therefore, in the beginning of the sermon? Remember what we talked about, how it connected, can't serve two masters like Jesus talked about in Mammon? Well, worry will become another master if you continue to worry. Warning, if you worry, Jesus says, Warning, you're headed for destruction. You're headed for that cliff and you're about to fall off. So we can either choose to put our trust in our Heavenly Father <clears throat> or not. Which side of the coin you find yourself 
this morning on. No relationship will last if there's no trust. And a relationship with God is no different. If you put your trust in Christ and Christ alone, then God is promising you here through all this scripture here to be your provider and to take care of you. And the Bible says that that care is not just for now, but that care is for eternity. Care is for eternity. So I'm asking and begging from all the bottom of my heart today, please, 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 Decide to put your trust in Christ and Christ alone and seek God in His kingdom, in His righteousness, as Jesus said here in verse 33. And all these things should be added unto you. And He says, as a recap to God's love and God's provision that Jesus just said and just talked about in verse 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. If you haven't had trouble today, which you've already seen here this morning, you will have trouble today. Trouble's coming. I was just talking about this last night. Trouble's going to come. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. In this world we will have problems. We will have tribulations. But he said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And it's only through Christ that strengthens you that you can do anything. So stop worrying. Pick a camp. Pick the side of the coin that wins. Don't pick the side of the coin that loses. And choose the side of the coin where you're victorious and God will provide everything for you. Because you're worth more person, whoever you are, you're worth more than anything and everything that you can see in all of creation. The big majestic whales of the ocean, the big mighty tall skyscrapers, all the rocks, all the dirt, all the planets pale in comparison. God's only got them there like we talked about last week just to show us that he's there. And my goodness, folks, if God made planets, if God created all that you see, amen, I believe He did, I know He did, and He keeps them all rotating, and He keeps them all going, and none of them fall from heaven, none of them fall from space, they all keep their orbits, and they all keep their spinnings, and they all keep their proper places. The sun is still in its place, For thousands of years, the earth is still rotating around the sun, and we have all this to look at. How God provides every day the power for these things to keep going. Doesn't He have the power and ability to provide whatever we are in need of? Absolutely, positively, absolutely. Please today, decide to put your trust in Christ and Christ alone and seek after God in His kingdom and His righteousness. Please repent of all the things that you are worrying about and turn away from whatever or whoever you're trying to serve if it's not Christ and Christ alone. God is faithful, people. God is faithful. 100% He's faithful. If we'll seek 
first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If we're faithful to do that on our end, then God will be faithful to provide whatever you absolutely ever need. He's faithful to the uttermost. And even until forever more. And when God is that faithful, and God is that loving, and God is that caring about you, what in the world could you ever worry about, ever? We have to take God at His promise. He says, I'm here for you. Just come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Therefore you will find rest for your weary souls in Jesus. Stop working at serving that God of worry. Stop working and serving that God, whoever you're serving, if it's not Christ and Christ alone and you're worrying about things in your everyday. Stop serving those things and focus on serving the one that provides or can provide everything you absolutely will ever need. He will do it. Praise be to God if we just put our trust in Him. Almost over five months now I've been doing these sermons and there hasn't been one sermon that I've sat down comfortable to teach. There hasn't been one sermon that I've sat down and looked at the scripture and thought, I got 45 or a minute, I got 45 minutes or an hour out of that. And almost every one of them, I start to worry about almost immediately. And then I catch myself after a day or two and I'm like, where have I gotten? And when you worry, you expend all your energy while you worry. And you can't expend that energy that you're taking to worry into doing what you're called to do or doing to serve the one true God. And you get nowhere. Stop worrying. God's got it in the bag. He's a hundred for a hundred. He's a million for a million. He's never missed a shot. He's not unfaithful. He's faithful. To those that put their trust in Him, to those who call on the Lord, He is faithful to help you in whatever your need is. Praise be to God. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, sweet Jesus. For your words to us today. And your promises, Lord God, that you have for us. No one, Lord, all kinds of people in this world promise us stuff, but they lie. They say, you just send in that $29.95, we'll, we'll give you this thing or that thing, and you get that thing, and it breaks in a week. You don't even want our money, Lord. You said, if we'll just trust in you for everything, then, then you'll never let us down. You'll take care of us if we seek you in your kingdom first. So if we give you nothing but our faith, nothing but trust in you, no money, no nothing else, You'll provide for us. And you'll take care of us. And we won't have to worry about a thing. Please, sweet Jesus, forgive us all for worrying of our sin, of worry. Because I have worried even this week. Forgive us all of the worry that we've had even of this week. And we turn again to you, Lord. And Lord, I ask you to help us all and anybody that may be listening that struggle with worry, help us all 
to not worry, but when we go to worry and when things come up, to just say, nope, God's got it in the bag. I'm just going to choose to trust in Jesus Christ. And then pray about it. Give it to you because you can handle it. We can't. We can't. Help us all, Lord God. Help us all. Help us all to continually turn to you. I pray that we would want to turn to you, Lord God. If there's nobody that's ever not put their trust in you that's listening to this, and anybody that's not living in obedience to Christ because they trust in you and because they're living for you, Lord God, that I pray that they would turn now. And I pray that they would decide to put their trust and their faith in you and realize that you got it in the bag, that you are not short. You've got everything we need and more. And you want to give it to them, Lord, if they'll just turn and trust in you. I pray for us Christians, Lord God, that you would help us to turn away from these things that so easily ensnare us, this sin, and help us not to worry. Because we cannot serve worry and you. We will love the one and hate the other. Lord, if we get short-sighted and we keep worrying forever, Lord, we're going to lose sight of you. And I pray that would never happen. I pray you'd cause us and just break us. And help us to trust in you. Because you're so faithful. I love you. I praise you. I thank you, sweet Jesus. And I just ask that you would bless us all. And bless anyone hearing this message, Lord. Draw them to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.